Hi, and welcome to the St. Mark's podcast. My name's Ben. And my name is Matt. And this week, we're looking at integrity. Matt, what would you say integrity is? Well, I think I'd say integrity is not turning up to work, telling everybody that you are eating healthy salads, when in fact, you go home every day and have five cheeseburgers. Is that something that you do often, Matt? Mm, no comment. <laughs> well, as always, we're going to kick off with worship. Uh, but first, Matt, why don't you pray for us? Lord, we give you this time, wherever we are, sitting and listening, that during this time of worship, we would offer up our whole selves to you. And as we listen to what Matt has to say, we pray that you'd be speaking through him to us. In your name, Amen. Amen. Declared the great 
Well, welcome again to the next part in our series, Life to the Full, How to Live and Act with Integrity. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 5, 33 to 37. Jesus says, Again, you have heard it said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Well, the Sunday we've just had was one of real joy and celebration uh, because we had four adult baptisms in St. Mark's. And what's really wonderful is that each person who was baptised made a public statement about their trust in Jesus and their baptism was an outward sign of what God has inwardly done in their lives and in their hearts. And uh, I love the fact that they've placed their trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus is a beautiful thing. Trust 
you know, I do wonder if there is a breakdown of trust in our society. As I look at my newsfeed right now on BBC News, it has me asking that question. I mean, who do you trust? You know, I was looking at some research recently um, done by Ipsos Mori, um, an index completed in 2020, looking at trust within British professions. And it was interesting that at the top of that survey, nurses came in as the most trusted people, the most trusted professions. Um, Again, up towards the top of the index uh, came doctors, engineers, teachers, judges. Uh, Somewhere around the middle, uh, we had people like uh, economists. Um, We had clergy, um, sort of sitting in around 56% of people trusting clergy. And uh, down towards the bottom, uh, we had government ministers, 16% of people trusted those. And uh, Politicians generally, uh, again, state agents came in fairly low at around 27%. And on one level, this is quite sort of fascinating stuff. Uh, But it begs the question, you know, how do you feel about that? Does it worry you? Uh, Or are you happy enough with that information? You know, it is what it is. Should we be able to trust people in key positions a little more? You know, the truth is that we desperately need to recapture a vision for an honest society where our word is our bond, our guess is yes, our no is no, and trust is restored, and certainly now more than ever. Now this isn't a matter I don't think of having perfect people, there's, there's no such thing as perfect people, none of us are perfect, not even those who are baptised on Sunday are perfect after their baptism. It, it is instead a matter of personal integrity, So integrity, what does that mean? Well, in maths, if you're a mathematician, you'll know that an integer is a whole number. It has no fractions. And so integrity is wholeness. It's consistency. It's being solid, being sound. Uh, And it goes deeper than that too. Integrity is a oneness of heart, of soul, mind and strength. Or as one person put it, integrity is doing the right thing even when people aren't looking And the Bible tells us that integrity is the trait of a sound leader. Proverbs 20, 28 says, Love and truth form a good leader. Sound leadership is founded on loving integrity. And you might be sort of um, hearing this list of professions that I've just read out. Maybe you've had a little look on the internet and you're in agreement. You're thinking, yeah, we need more people of integrity in these professions. but, But I'm not on the charts, so it doesn't apply to me. Well, Here's the thing, it does apply to you. It does apply to you. It applies to each one of us who are choosing to trust Jesus with our lives because our faith and trust in Jesus isn't simply a private matter as if it could apply to just part of our lives, you know, just one segment. Faith and trust in Jesus is deeply personal, but it should be evident in every section of our lives, in our whole lives. The thing is, when people see you, when they see me, we're likely to be the only Bible they've ever read and we have the huge privilege of being able to represent Jesus to them and if we've got integrity we can do that well and they may well want what we have they may well want Jesus but if we don't have integrity it can go the other way we can actually end up putting people off coming into a relationship with Jesus and that's why you're a leader too you're a leader did you know that you're a leader because if you're trusting Jesus with your life then people will be watching you. And that means you're going to be influencing people's lives around you. By our example, by our lives, we go some way in leading people to an encounter 
with Jesus Christ, much like the encounter we've had ourselves. And as we respond to God's heart for our world and to those around us, God will equip us to lead transformation within our communities and within our world leaders. Because social transformation always follows that personal transformation and renewal within the life of the church. As we pray and as we live, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're all leaders. And who knows, God may well give you a calling into leadership within a profession too. But we all lead in one way or another. And we can be sound leaders of integrity, oozing with love and truth. So let's crack on. How do we do this stuff? How do we start to live with integrity? Well, in short, by following Jesus. If we can do this, Jesus says, we will effectively be salt and light in our world. And again, earlier on in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You know, we're a people who are to preserve things from going bad. We're to preserve society and God's goodness. We are also to be people who draw out flavour, much like salt does. We're to bring flavour into a bland world, into bland lives. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. We're called to light up dark places. And to explain a little bit more about how to live and act with integrity, you're going to have to use your imagination, I'm afraid, um, because I'm going to talk a bit about pies. Yes, pies. Love pies, me. Um, you know, I think pies can teach us about integrity. Now, imagine a pie in your mind's eye. There it is. Favourite pie. Boom. Right. Pies need to be consistent throughout. That's the mark of a good pie. You know, if I cut into the pie, you can cut into your imaginary pie and, and you slice it down the middle. You know, what, what do you find in the middle there? What's oozing out? In my mind's eye, lemon meringue, lemon meringue pie. So you try that, you think, yep, good, good pie. Now, what if you went around the other side of the pie and you gave it a little chop, cut out a slice and you pull it out and inside is not lemon meringue, but is cat food. Okay, how does that now make you feel? Do you think, oh yes, yummy, yummy, I want to eat the pie. The thing is, if you went back and ate the lemon meringue, you may well find that the pie has been contaminated with the taste of cat food. Not that I would know what cat food tastes like, of course, because I've not been eating cat food when no one's watching. Anyway, if we try and compartmentalise our Christian lives into different segments like that, you know, we have lemon meringue in one part, cat food pie in another, we can run into all sorts of problems. For example, this is what it looks like in our lives. We can end up saying things like, this is my church life, this slice, where God is involved. This is my work life, this slice, where God cannot be involved. And over here, this is my social life, my social slice, where I don't want God to be involved. And the huge mistake we make when we exclude God, confining him to a small segment of our lives, and is that we end up cutting him off from the rest. We keep him back. Instead, we should think of our lives not so much as slices of a pie that are different, but like a circle, the whole pie, where God is at the very centre, affecting everything that is inside the circle, inside the pie. No compartments. You know, in our everyday lives, it's vital that we're the same person on a Monday morning than we are in church on Sunday. Allowing God into every part of our lives is not easy. It is it's the challenging lifestyle, this stuff. But it's possible with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because if we can allow God into our social lives, into our home lives and our work lives, we'll be people who live with integrity and people who uh, 
who, who live differently. And people will see, consistently see, Christ in us whenever they see us and wherever they see us. And that starts to build trust. And that's important in our world where trust is lacking. You know, another test of integrity in our lives is to live as if everything will be disclosed. Now, that is a scary thought. I've got a string of email addresses. I've got work email addresses. I've got personal email ones. And if someone literally read through all my emails on all accounts, they'd be able to discern whether there is integrity between these different areas of my life, from the way I write and send emails in work time and out of work time to the sorts of promotional emails that I I receive. And if the thought of your life being disclosed is making you sweat, then know this. Integrity is not about being something that we're not, nor is it about being perfect or never messing up. (laughs) We're all going to mess up. But it's about allowing God to change us whilst experiencing the vulnerability and honesty with ourselves and with one another that is made possible by God's grace. So that's the first thing about pies. They need to be consistent throughout. Second thing about a good pie keep that pie in mind. What comes out of a pie is important. Now, take another pie. I've got another pie in my mind's eye. If I was to slice this one open and it was the same throughout, it had integrity. I'd still want to know what came out when I sliced it. That's important too. So this pie in my mind's eye is uh, another favourite of mine, banoffee pie. So I slice it open and what comes out? Toffee, caramel, banana, cream. It's good. I like that. You know, one way that we can live and act with integrity is by sticking to our word. In other words, what comes out of us should be trustworthy and good. We should be a people who stick to our word in every area of our lives because God knows what we say, whether it's addressed to him or or not. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 33, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. And by this, He's addressing the Old Testament understanding of oath-taking. You see, God God allowed people to make vows using his name to reinforce their commitment. But once made, these vows had to be kept. And people would say, in God's name I swear. And it was a sort of suitable way of verbally convincing someone that you'd stick to your word. If they needed convincing. And that really is the key thing, if. And, And God was pretty keen on people not abusing the use of his name. In fact... The Old Testament prohibited all false swearing and perjury in order to prevent lying and the chaos caused when people cannot rely on another's word. And it was even enshrined within the third commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Exodus 20, verse 7, Deuteronomy 5, 11, so forth. And so this idea of sticking to your word Uh, We find further threaded throughout these teachings, you know, do not lie, do not deceive each other, uh, don't swear um, falsely by by my name, etc. And so, you know, we, we sort of hear this and we might be thinking, wow, you know, this is getting a bit rule heavy. But behind the whole of God's law is this desire of a loving God to create a society in which it would be a joy to live. A place actually marked by love. And if everyone loved God, if everyone loved their neighbour, those two greatest commandments, then actually there would be no wars, no defence budget, uh, no divorce, adultery, no keys, no burglar alarms. We would be a whole lot better at trusting one another. Even politicians could be trusted. Problem is that people, and uh, we can be cunning, right? People abused 
this oath making and it became like oath making top trumps. Don't know if you've ever played top trumps before. So it was like an oath by God's name was like worth 100 in commitment level. Uh, and then commitment by earth, 70%, by Jerusalem, 42%. And oath making became the equivalent of making promises, but with your fingers crossed behind your back. Don't know if you've ever done that before. Of course I haven't. So Jesus cuts through all the fluff. He says, don't, don't swear by heaven or by earth or by Jerusalem. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything else is from the evil one. Be extreme, right? Why? Why does Jesus say that? Because if you have integrity, you shouldn't even need to make an oath at all. Clement of Alexandria was a theologian and philosopher in the 2nd to 3rd century, and he insisted that Christians must lead such a life and demonstrate such character that no one will ever dream of asking an oath from them. The ideal society is one in which no person's word will ever need an oath to guarantee its fulfilling. So Jesus asks his disciples to simply tell the truth on every occasion. No finger crossing, no waffle, no political spin, no alternative truths, more commonly known as lies. And it applies to all situations, small or big. So the other week, um, uh, my wife, Nay, went off to Morrison's to pick up some shopping. Uh, and when she got into the car and started driving home, she realised she'd failed to pay for three greetings cards. And she came home, home and told me. And we decided she'd go back the next day and pay for them at the customer service desk. So she goes back and she goes to the customer service desk and she explains what's happened. She says, you know, I took these cards. I realised I hadn't paid for them. I'd like to pay for them now. And the person behind the checkout gave her this funny look. She said, I've never known anyone to have come back to pay for something that they'd taken by mistake. You know, I think not only was this honest, but it set a good example of honesty and of integrity at play. Do you know, we, we find moments of showing real integrity uh, in all sorts of situations in our day-to-day -day lives. You know, if you make an arrangement with someone, keep it. Keep it, even if you get a better offer. That's integrity. If you get into debt, work to pay it off, or get help to get it under control if it's out of control, that's integrity. If you promise to keep a secret, keep it. Don't share it for prayer gossip. If someone undercharges you, point it out as quickly as you'd point out someone overcharging you. That's probably one I need to work on. Integrity comes into play in everyday situations all day long, so plenty of room for us to practice it. Ultimately, Jesus is our model here. He's, he said, I am the truth, John 16, 6, I am the truth. And as his followers, we should be known for our reliability and our integrity. So there we are. What comes out of a pie is important. And there is a final thing about pies. Um, another thing a pie can tell us is only discovered in the eating, or as we might like to say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, as this reveals the essence of the pie. You know, we're never going to have integrity of life, of word and of speech if we don't have integrity of the heart. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart isn't just an organ that pumps blood around the body or a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. The heart is the very essence of a person, our personality, what makes us us. It's with our heart that we love God and it's our hearts that God purifies as we come to him when we've messed things up, so we come to him in penitence and faith so that we might 
will know his forgiveness so that God will soften our hearts again and renew a right spirit within us. It's like the psalmist prays in Psalm 51, create in me a pure heart, O God. The heart so much more. It's only when our hearts are truly surrendered to God and to God alone that there can be true godly integrity between our thoughts, our words and our actions. And this starts to permeate throughout our lives and we become more and more like Jesus. Not only that, when we surrender the whole of our lives, every slice, our beliefs, our opinions, ambitions, standards, values, lifestyle, that we are truly integrated Christians. Then integrity marks our life. Only when Jesus is Lord of all of us do we truly become whole. So let me ask you this as we draw to a close. If your life was a pie, how's it looking? I mean, what's coming out of you when you slice it open? And how does it taste? Is it the sort of pie that others would want? Does it have integrity? More importantly, and this is going to apply to each of us, where do we need help from the Holy Spirit to make us whole? Because if we can develop integrity in our lives, people will see Jesus in us and they'll want him for themselves. You know, we'd have leaders in our churches running open church, little lions, alpha, kids and youth stuff, leaders who can be trusted not only for what they say, or how they behave on a Sunday, but as quality role models for living life to the full in every area. You know, any ministry or project we run is near on pointless unless we have leaders of integrity at the very centre, modelling and ushering in God's kingdom here in Grimsby as it is in heaven. And then as we get out of the building, as we flow out of the church, just imagine what our, bil- our neighbours and what our friends at the school gate and in the workplace will think and say of us. They'll say that we're not only Christians, but they'll know that we're solid, we're sound, we're trustworthy. That we are actually living evidence that Jesus is very much alive and that he gives us life and life to the full. But let's not just leave it there. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit again to come fill us afresh and make us whole. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you've shown us a better way. You've shown us life to the full. And we want to be a people who are known for having integrity. Not only because we don't need to make oaths, but because people truly, genuinely trust us. Because our lives come in line with your purposes. Because our hearts are soft and being shaped and moulded by you. Because we're longing to live differently and to play our part within the transformation of society, an honest society, a place where people trust us and we can trust others. But Lord, we long for so much more than that. We want to bring people to a place of encounter with you, where they'll encounter your love, where they themselves will come to live the life, that greater life in you, where people will go out filled with the Spirit to see transformation, within our communities. So we just want to ask again that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and give us all that we need to live lives that are consistent and whole, lives of integrity. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh.
Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening to the St. Mark's podcast. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, to get in contact, just email us, hello at uk. And don't forget to follow us on socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in at St. Mark's Grimsby. Brilliant. I've been Matt. I've been Ben. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.